It's a special night. Welcome to the very first episode of Terror Takeover, your one-stop shop for all things creepy, disgusting, and horrifying. I'm your host, Crow, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Char and Zoe. Say hi, guys. Hello, guys. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, so we are all huge lovers of horror. We just wanted a space to be able to talk about some of our favorite movies, stories, folklore, and other scary things. Uh, This is our first time doing something like this, so we're not professionals by any stretch, but we're looking forward to learning as we go, and we definitely look forward to creating a community that we can share all of our favorite things with. Uh, We wanted to kind of have a little bit of a meet your host episode today, so we are going to be telling you guys a little bit about ourselves. Um, If anybody wants to start, or would you guys like me to go first? Kerr, you want to take the ring? Yeah, I think you should go ahead and start. Okay. Uh, So I'll go ahead and start by saying a little bit about myself. My name is Crow. Obviously, um, I grew up in southern Louisiana. What I do most of the time is stream video games. Um, Obviously, mostly horror games. I also play in a band called Capra. We're found on everything (laughs) like YouTube, Spotify, whatever, if you want to look for that. Uh, Some of my favorite horror movie genres, it's kind of hard to choose because there are so many different options. And when you start naming your favorites, you always remember later the things that you wish you had mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is not like a super cohesive list, but some of my favorites um, are slashers, especially... I literally had to look up the pronunciation because I never know if I'm saying this right, especially, especially Giallo, which is a um, specific type of slasher film. Um, it was really popular kind of in the 70s and 80s, but it is having a resurgence. I feel that a lot of newer directors are trying to kind of um, imitate that same vibe. Uh, so, for example, those are movies like Tenebrae and Deep Red. Um, But I also do like stuff that's a little bit more campy or lighthearted, like Scream. Some of my other favorite types of movies are cult horror. So that would be stuff like The Invitation, House of the Devil, Wicker Man. And honestly, in my opinion, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of a cult horror film, too. I know that that might be arguable, but that's just what I think. Just because they're a family doesn't mean that they're not a cult. I also love Stephen King. So Carrie, Cujo, The Shining, and The Tall Grass is a really good newer Stephen King movie. Pet Cemetery, of course, as well. And I'm also really into short films right now some of my favorite create or not creators but some of my favorite youtube accounts that show short films are alter and crypt tv so i definitely recommend checking those out some of my favorite horror directors are dario argento who did suspiria tenebrae deep red and he was a producer on demons which is also a really good movie i really like alfred hitchcock psycho the birds vertigo are my favorite movies by him vertigo is more of a thriller but still a great one i'm really into ty west right now as well uh most people know him as being the director for x and pearl but he also did house of the devil which is a great movie i know that zoe also really likes that one love that one yeah great movie uh, which is also also a cult film. I think I did mention that earlier. Uh, John Carpenter is another one of my favorites. He's just a total classic. You know him as the director of Halloween um, Body Bags, which is a wonderful horror anthology that not enough people know about. I've never seen that one. The Fog, of course. And actually, he also directed Escape from L.A. and Escape from New York, uh, which is really crazy. But it makes a lot of sense because it's one of the only action movies or one of the only action movie like franchises that I actually like. And it only makes sense that it's done by John Carpenter. As far as things I want to accomplish with this podcast, I definitely want to build a community of people that like the same stuff as us. I want to be able to discuss my favorite movies with them. And I also want to explore cultural folklore, uh, specifically of Louisiana, which is where I'm from. 
Um, and also, um, Southeast Asia, my heritage is from the Philippines. So I think that could be really cool too. Um, and I do look really forward to looking deeper into the hidden messages of horror. I think that that is going to be one of the biggest things that we do on this podcast. I feel like I know you a little better now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I'm down to go next unless you really want to, Zoe. You go for it, Shar. I like listening. Okay, so I'm Shar. Um, I'm also happy to be doing this podcast with everyone. I'm super excited to kind of talk about horror movies. I feel like right now, especially horror is going through this sort of mainstream zeitgeist moment where we're all kind of comfortable talking about scary movies and the whole horror genre is so diverse. There's kind of an option for everyone pretty much, whether you like really scary, really gory body horror type of movies or more of like the psychological art house movies, which is really what I prefer. And also I feel like this podcast is good for me because I sort of started out being absolutely terrified of horror movies. I didn't like watching anything scary. I remember calling my mom at a summer party because they were playing quarantine and I was like, I can't do this. I have to get out of here. Oh my God. I forgot about that movie. Yes. I I honestly want to watch that movie now because I feel like it's literally just like your run of the mill zombie movie. But at the time I was like, this is the end of the world. I'm going to die tonight. I got to go. So it's been, it's been, I think that just getting older and kind of coming of age during everything going on and also just maturing, I've kind of gotten used to the horrors of reality and now I'm kind of prepared to watch horror movies as they are. So I would say a lot of my first movies were not very scary, but they were movies that I couldn't really commit to. So like Paranormal Activity, Quarantine, the fourth kind movie still has me terrified of owls to this day. But now that I watch horror for fun, I would say my favorite movies are probably Midsommar for sure. I know a lot of people are kind of like iffy about that movie because it's not really scary per se. But like I said, I like the artistic side. I think it's terrifying. Specific scenes. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, but I think it's so, so scary. I think so. I think I got into a big thing with my group chat about it. A lot of people are kind of like split in half about art house horror movies because they are more of like the psychological thriller side, which is also a genre I like a lot. And they're not really the traditional people getting slashed up, scary things jumping out type of movies. But I think that those movies really elevated horror and it's kind of what made it become so mainstream because they can incorporate different kinds of themes. They can introduce different kinds of characters and cultures and they usually have really awesome settings. The aesthetics for Midsummer is absolutely insane. Totally love it. And of course, I'm always a big fan of any kind of like female protagonist movies. So no surprise there. So also another, I guess, movie and genre I like is zombies and monsters. I think I'm just ready for the end of the world or something. I don't know, but <laughs> maybe. I'm, I feel like I'm prepared. Okay, I have my team together. I'm like, which one of my friends got my back if some shit goes crazy, but... I really enjoyed The Crazies. Um, that movie was just nonstop, heart-pounding <sighs> insanity, and I loved it. It's one of my favorites. I don't know how you felt. One of yes, my favorites. I think we watched it together, actually. <laughs> maybe it's yeah, terrifying. <laughs> it's insane, for sure. And then, I don't really know. I've seen a lot of the other movies, for sure, like Shaun of the Dead. I love Shaun of the Dead. World War Z, all those movies. They were all just really good, really, like... I think those movies in particular, they kind of make me feel like, okay, what would I do if the worst case scenario happened? How would I survive? How would I work with a team? That's kind of what drew me to those type of movies for sure. And they're not super, super scary, although depends on how you feel about getting eaten alive. But mm-hmm. And then I would say that the for my like last top three, I would say I really like, I was online actually on this website called No Film School to kind of learn about the different subgenres of horror. And they called it folk horror slash cult horror, which is kind of what you alluded to. So Movies that kind of take place in isolation and rural environments outside. So again, like 
Midsommar, Wicker Man, apparently Lamb is one of those type of movies. I would say In the Tall Grass as well. That was really unsettling for yeah, me. Yeah, in a way it was a cult movie, wasn't it? I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much any movie where you're just kind of like at the mercy of something you don't really understand and you're kind of questioning your spirituality and kind of questioning yourself alone. And also any movie that kind of takes place during the day where you don't have to rely on like darkness and creepy shadows, I think is a really good movie. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, for this podcast, I think it would be great, like I said, to kind of be in the big conversation around horror these days and kind of get a chance to speak out. For me personally as well, I am very much so um, kind of like pink, girly girl, almost bimbo core. So having this like dark side to myself where I can be into horror and talk about creepy things and scary things is really fun. And I think an awesome part of my personality to kind of develop and showcase with the world. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. That was phenomenal. And I do have to say, you guys look so cute and gorgeous today and i absolutely oh, thank love you it. friend thank you and i wanted to add on char's midsummer reference crow do you remember when we watched that movie holidays yes okay so it was directed by gary shore and there was like one segment in there it was mother's day and it just reminded me a lot of midsummer wait was that the snake one Oh, no, that was St. Patrick's Day. Yes, that was like, just as terrifying. Which one was the Mother's Day one? Um, She went out to this retreat, and it was like a hippie commune, and like she's like, I want to leave. I want to oh, yes. And like they're like, yes, oh, yes, yes. No, nah, you stay in here forever. Yeah, that did have Midsummer vibes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. That did have Midsummer vibes. That is so weird because when we watched it, I and I had watched that movie before, you had showed it to me, but I had no recollection of that scene. Mm-hmm. So that's so weird that I forgot it again. What the fuck? That's oh, no. <laughs> so random. Anything mom related is pretty scary, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Mommy <just> issues. Me. <laughs> Bruh, same. Yes. Alrighty, tell us a little bit about yourself, Zoe. Okay, so my name is Zoe, and I am actually from Louisiana as well, which is comforting and scary at the same time. True, true. (laughs) So I've always been a big fan of horror movies since I was very, very young. I remember the first movie I ever watched was Halloween by Rob Zombie. It actually wasn't the (laughs) John Carpenter one. No, it's a good one. It is a good one, but no eight-year-old has uh, any business watching that. True. <laughs> I was always kind of like lean towards the horror genre and just things that make me uncomfortable and like things of that sort. I was just always into those kind of things. But I would definitely say my favorite horror directors would probably have to be number one, Rob Zombie, for sure. I mean, that's kind of what got me introduced to horror. I mean, he's great. I mean, how can you not, dude? Yeah, he does a great job. And then this one's actually probably going to surprise you guys, but I really love James Wan. It's just something. It does surprise me. <laughs> it is very, very surprising, but it's just something about his movies that are, it's like the kind of movies that I can watch and it's like a comfort thing to me. Well, I do, you know what's so crazy, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but James Wan has some th- movies that I really, really enjoy, like The Conjuring, right? He did right. The Conjuring, right? Um, mm-hmm. Love those movies, but then he's got some that I'm like, I am not super crazy about this. Like, I feel like they really have that vibe of like that action movie vibe where everything is so fast paced and loud the whole time, and it right. kind of like stresses me out. Like, 
I hate to say it, but like malignant. Like I wasn't crazy about that one. I wasn't too, too fascinated. I will definitely agree on that one. Right. But I do agree with you. He is. He does have some really great movies. He does have some great ones. Mm -hmm. And I really love Vincent Price a lot. I have been watching a lot of Vincent Price movies. I would definitely have to say my favorite one would probably be House on Haunted Hill, which was 1959. She's a classic. Dude, it was so well done. Like, I I mean, in the remake, I absolutely loved the remake. Somehow I did not know there was a remake. 2009. We have to watch it the next time I come over. I'm down. Let's watch it. Of course, John Carpenter. How can you not like John Carpenter? I mean, he's such a classic, dude. Mm-hmm. Pro actually got me on this one. I really love Dario Argento as well. Yes. Dude, we watched The Church. Holy shit. I've never seen that one. It was probably like one of the best movies I've probably ever seen. It's just really well directed. It's like the setting takes place. It's a um, gothic-like cathedral. And it was built over this mass grave. And it it starts to develop like strange powers and it traps like numbers of people inside from like the 12th century. Like they're coming back to haunt the modern day living. Right. That's cool. And they're like seeking to like resurrect like a certain ancient demon from like fucking hell. Yeah. That's sick. Like, dude, it, it was so sick. Nice. I would definitely say my goals for the podcast is to just kind of, like Crow said earlier, just really grow the horror community. I mean, I feel in our area, it's kind of very small. Or at least we don't talk to each other. <laughs> we do not stick together, yeah. which is crazy. Right. No, it is crazy. Um, I definitely want to touch more on my spirituality in the future. I just kind of want to get more on board and more in depth with it. That's cool. That's an interesting accomplishment. It is pretty interesting. I mean... I kind of struggled with that for a very, very long time, but I think I'm in, like, the right direction, so I feel kind of comfortable. Nice. Well, we're looking forward to hearing more about it in the future. You think that that horror is going to help you connect more with your spirituality or kind of open new ideas for you? That's a really good question. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you got me thinking (laughs) with my noggin. Sorry to put you on the spot. Um, (laughs) When they ask why you're killing them and they don't ask what's killing you, bro. Real. Real. I need that like on the logo, a t shirt. (laughs) Write that down. (laughs) I think horror does help me guide in that like spirituality direction. Just with like the kind of cult movies that we watch, even though they're probably dramatized, Mm -hmm. although they might not be. I don't know. I feel like that kind of stuff was just always cool to me and it just always fascinated me shit she watching them for directions dude <laughs> she was watching she was watching wicker man and taking notes <laughs> i am i am purposely watching cult movies to get <laughs> oh God. to get instructions okay i'm like okay this shit I looks mean, cool. starting a cult. I'm be honest, you had me confused for a minute i said hold on i don't think i'm following you <laughs> Now I'm like, okay, okay, work. Let's start a cult right here, right now. Right here, right now. There's no going back. Yeah. I'll choose the matching shoes and the drinks. You guys bring the energy. We'll get our Nikes right Right. now. Well, for some reason, every time we (laughs) go in public, we already look like a cult. We're all like in black all the damn time. We're so doing it. We're so doing it on purpose. I mean, we're eating it up. Yeah, yeah, we are. (laughs) We are eating it up. It's real. I mean, we're all in sync, dude. Let's get into it. Well, do y'all want to go ahead and start talking about our um our short film? 
Or do you, is there anything else that we want to mention for the intro? Yeah, let me see Paul Allen's card. Yeah, let's see Paul Allen's card. Let's see Paul Allen's card. The short film that we watched for today's episode is called Piggy. It's by Carlotta Peretta. Um, it's a short film on YouTube, so if you want to find it, it was posted by Alter, um, and it's really, really good. Uh, we can give you a moment to pause and go ahead and watch that if you want to come back after you're finished watching it. Piggy, to me, um, is a short film that I've seen prior to this week. I've watched it a few times, actually. I, I just think it's such a poignant message behind it, and it was just extremely well done, in my opinion. Uh, did you guys enjoy it? Dude. It was it yes. was so good, and I love so good, you know, right? the, the message in it. You know, absolutely. Alrighty, so uh, we're gonna give you a quick rundown. If you don't want to go watch it, basically, um, the scene starts. You are shown basically this dirty what you assume is a public pool just because it's not super well kept. It doesn't really look like a rich person's house or anything like that. And the main character, Sarah is looking out at the pool. She's got her headphones on and she notices that no one is there and she's very excited. She is, it's shown that she's a curvy woman. In my opinion, she's gorgeous. And the first thing that you see is that there is a sketchy car that is parked running kind of close to the pool. She showers before entering the pool and there is a short scene where she's looking at herself in the mirror in her bikini. And it's actually kind of hard to tell that she's looking in a mirror at first. I had to watch it a few times to realize what she was doing. Um, but she's looking in the mirror and she just looks like she is trying to build up the courage to go out in a swimsuit. So before she steps out, she wraps herself in her towel. She goes out and puts a foot in the pool and then a man comes out from underneath the water and he kind of looks a little creepy, to be honest, not to judge by how somebody looks immediately, but I would be scared too if he came out of the water. <laughs> he just kind of looks at her, doesn't say anything, and they're both clearly startled. So he wasn't expecting her. She wasn't expecting him. Right. Around at this moment, they notice three girls are approaching the pool and they're calling out to her, calling her a pig, calling her names, saying things about her swimsuit. They're joking about the man, saying that's her boyfriend. And this whole time, the man is just watching as the girls bully her and kind of just observing the situation. So the man gets out the pool and he's leaving as the girls are approaching. And at this point, we can see that there is a body that has been wrapped in duct tape that was dumped in the pool. And I guess maybe he put a weight on him or something so that he doesn't float to the top. And the body is like, it's super chilling because it's only a few feet from where Sarah is swimming. And we assume that the man was in the pool underwater because he was disposing of the body there, which is an interesting place to dispose of a body. So he probably wanted it to be found. But anyway, two of the girls approach to bully Sarah like right away they're really on board with it and there is a third girl who seems pretty hesitant we can maybe assume that either she is one of the only ones that has any like shame within her or maybe she is new to the friend group which is what I kind of assumed she's actually mm. her childhood friend yeah. apparently wait, um, she's her friend she did yes. not help her friend she wait how did you guys know one. this was her friend yeah um, so there's actually a longer version of Piggy that came out a while ago, or came out like a couple years ago, but it's like an hour and a half. And anyway, they gave a little bit of backstory, oh and Claudia was a girl that she like grew up oh my with, God. Claudia being the blonde girl who's right, kind right, of hesitant right. to join Oh my in. God. And the other two are just new girls that she kind of traded up to be more popular or whatever. They only say Maka's name is one of the other girls, but they don't say the other girl's yeah. name. Oh my God, I'm going to have to watch the longer version. I didn't realize there was one. Yeah. So yeah, I noticed that too. She seemed hesitant about joining in the bullying, but she still ultimately kind of does. Yeah. Oh my god, that like adds mm. so much to the story. Yeah, for sure. Well, so anyway, yeah, she is. She's told. She's like just seems slightly hesitant, 
And then in that moment, the uh, one of the first two girls who like rushed over to be a piece of shit, her <laughs> name is Maka, as the other girls are calling her Maka. Uh, she takes one of the pool nets that you use to clean leaves and bugs out of the pool and she shoves it on Sarah's head, which is disgusting because that thing is always disgusting. And also she's clearly struggling and clearly having trouble breathing. And then there's one point where uh, the hesitant girl whose name is Claudia she kind of suggests to Maka, oh, you know, don't maybe don't take it so far, but doesn't actually do anything to stop it from happening. And um, she even starts filming her with her phone, <laughs> which is probably the worst of all, because why? Like, what's the point? But it's clear that she's doing it to try to impress the other girls, right? The first two girls finally, you know, they're done. They leave. And Sarah has a bloody no- nose from all of this. And we either assume that it's from A, the struggle, or B, getting hit in the face with a fucking pool cleaning net. And then the third girl is kind of just staring there, uh, standing there looking down on her kind of maybe guiltily. I'm not really sure what the emotion is there. But she's got Sarah's backpack and towel in her hands. So she doesn't feel that bad and runs off with her things, forcing Sarah to vulnerably walk home in her swimsuit, which nightmare. even if you don't have like... Even if you don't struggle with your body image or anything like that, it's a fucking nightmare because how many creeps do you know that, especially she's walking home on this like deserted road, who knows who's going to like stop and mess with you, right? Mm. So anyway, Sarah's forced to walk home in uh, her wet bikini. Not only is she in her bikini, but she's soaking wet, so she's not probably extra uncomfortable. And a car of boys approaches, which is the last thing that you want to approach you when you're uh, walking home in a (laughs) bikini. They just film her from the car and they're following her super close so the boys get out of the car one of them grabs her for what reason i don't know the other one is just filming and they're calling her a pig like the girls did too so you can kind of assume that they probably all go to the same school they probably all take turns bullying her like i said maybe they say this in the longer version but i did not see that one i'm going to have to watch it um and at this point she is completely freaked out she's just totally panicking and she notices a dirt road that veers off from the main road she takes a few steps under the dirt road and notices the same car from earlier, which belonged to the man at the pool. And you can tell that she's trying to make the decision whether or not she wants to walk by the car. Um, but in that moment, another car passes behind her honking at her and she's kind of like, okay, fuck it. We're going to do this. So she starts walking down the road. She's walking up to the car slowly. She's super scared. She just had a bunch of really messed up stuff to her uh, happen to her. So she's probably assuming the same from this man. She passes by, glances in the window for a second. No one's there. And shortly after she passes the van, the man approaches his vehicle and he's got a very conspicuous garbage bag full of what we assume is undeniably like a body, right? And um, in that moment, she hears him open and shut the car door. And that's when she realizes that he's come back to the van and he starts approaching her in the van. She's scared again because she's expecting the worst. But as he passes, he gives her a look that's um, sympathetic, almost apologetic for all the things that he know knows has been happening to her that day. So he passes her up, stops the car just long enough to see Claudia, the friend from earlier, is bloody and beaten in the back of the vehicle. And she's banging on the window, calling to Sarah for help. In that moment, the guy drops her backpack and her towel from the window and he just looks in the rearview mirror and he's just kind of waiting for her decision. And she is terrified, obviously, because she's probably never seen some shit like this before. But she waves to him, kind of signaling her fearful acceptance of what's happened. And he waves to her back and then he drives off and she puts her headphones back on and she goes about her day, assumedly. So that's about how it ends. It ends pretty abruptly. But like I said, 
didn't see the longer version, didn't even know there was a longer version. So we are going to have to go back and watch that. Maybe we'll do that for another episode. But don't be an asshole. Don't be a fucking asshole. Fucking asshole, dude. (laughs) Right. What did you guys think of it? I think I already asked you earlier, but let's get into it. Um, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was really well done. Definitely thought there were a lot of themes going on with the movie as far as like who's the real monster, this like assumedly murderous man walking around, or these bullying teenagers, these disgusting (sighs) group of guys that are just terrorizing this poor girl. Right. I also thought there's kind of like a theme about, I guess, like minding your own business. I mean, (laughs) this guy is obviously doing his own thing, has his own kind of like vibe going on, but he still takes the time to help out our main character, Sarah. Meanwhile, these girls take it upon themselves to just bully someone that's swimming alone for the most part at a pool. So definitely thought it was good without being a little bit too preachy. It was very much like... right. This is what happens, you know? I didn't find it to be preachy at all. Yeah. That's what I think that's what was so amazing about it is it was just like, here is this raw information of something that could absolutely happen, maybe besides the murder part, but here is just a scene that could easily happen and is happening every single day. What do you think of it? You know, it's not like, oh, like, oh, we didn't get this like awful backstory about Sarah from like, oh, maybe she was like poor, or, like maybe, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. We didn't need it because we saw mm-hmm. what was happening in that moment and it was like, wow, this is objectively fucked up why are they treating her like this she's a human being but yeah i i i think it's funny that you said who is the real monster and i agree because it was like we in my opinion yeah of course the dude was creepy but i liked him by the end of the short film you like him and you like sarah and you think how am i able to like somebody who has committed what is the most like evil action that you can commit um but then it makes you think is it really you know, this. Yeah. don't quote me on this, but is it, <laughs> is it even really the worst thing you could do? Is what's worse? What's worse? Making every someone's life a living hell every single day because of something that maybe they can't even control or be, you know. <laughs> well, as far as we know from the movie, this guy, the guy that was in the right. pool, we don't know who he was. He could have been like a molester or something, and then maybe he deserved it. So true. Well, we know these girls yeah. were straight up bitches, so. Right. Right, right, right. Or what's worse, witnessing a murder, and then you're just like, I got enough problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally. Right. I ain't got time for this. I think it also speaks to the decay of society and like kind of the surroundings. The movie takes place at this dilapidated pool with trash thrown about. There's not really a whole lot of other characters. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of like gray and seedy looking, and apparently people are just running around being awful to each other and casually killing people in right. the woods, so... I don't know. What happens when there's no one to be like, hey, let's try to do better. Let's try to be good to each other, you know? Right. Right. It's almost like their own version of like vigilante justice. Like that's the level of what's going on here is kind of like when put – when everyone is put to their own devices of like kind of like defending themselves, you know, what would happen in a vacuum kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I want to say you mentioned the gray part. Love that because I was thinking like the way it was filmed. First of all, the attention to detail – And this was so, so good in my opinion. So Carlotta Peretta was amazing for that. The whole gray vibe, I want to say, I feel like it did a really good job of capturing like when it's really bright, really sunny and just uncomfortable and you can't even keep your eyes open all the way because it's so fucking bright. Like I felt like she captured that with the kind of hazy, dreamy filter over the lens. Yeah, it almost gives a VHS feel. Right. It was kind of like a disoriented feeling without it being like, oh, like this is a cozy kind of disorient. It's like, no, Mm. this we're having a bad time this yeah. is we are uncomfortable right now we're all uncomfortable it's sticky yeah it's sticky <laughs> for sure and the acting was so like raw and real i agree 
She was incredible. So the main actress was, mm-hmm. uh, the one who played Sarah was Laura Galan, I think is how her name would be pronounced. She did amazing. I don't know if she's in anything else. I didn't look, but she did an incredible job. The guy in the pool or the one or the murderer guy was played by um, someone named Paco Hidalgo. And he didn't really have to say much like for his role, like he was completely silent, but I thought that he did a solid job as well. For sure. And just to touch on that silence as well, the main character doesn't speak throughout the movie, kind of makes some strange faces, which makes me maybe wonder how she feels about the situation, maybe about if she's on the spectrum or not, just because it was kind of interesting. True. She didn't say anything. I didn't even notice. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. And something else I noticed was that throughout the movie, they reference Claudia a little bit and Maka, but we don't actually learn the main character's name until basically the end when she is being called out to by Claudia saying, help me, help me, Sarah, help me. Right. And it's like, yeah, right. girl, she was piggy throughout the whole thing. But now that you're like dying, yeah. now she gets to now she's be named. Sarah. Yeah. So dark. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. How's your own medicine taste? Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I never thought about that. How, that That's such a powerful thing to change from like this name that everyone knew her as. I mean, how many people actually even knew her real name? And the only reason probably that this girl did was because, as you said, they were they used to be friends. Yeah. And it just speaks to how it's so easy to dehumanize and bully someone when you have this a gross nickname for them versus them being a real human being to you with a name and, you know, mm-hmm. a personality and when they're in a position to actually help you. Right, right. I just really hope nowadays like that generation of bullying and traumatizing someone is uh coming to an end eventually i know right i mean you would think so um the thing that's crazy about it is like now we look at the world as we are at our age so it's kind of like now it's not really or at least in the bubbles that we surround ourselves with it's not common that you see a lot of body shaming because of the people that we surround or at least in my circles and i'm sure in your guys' circles too because a lot of the circle is the same (laughs) um but we don't actually know what it's like you know, between high schoolers because we don't hang out with high schoolers. So we don't know if they're still as mean as they were when we were younger or if that like whole, you know, what we experience and what we talk about has trickled down to them in some way. So there really is no way of knowing. I mean, you know, unless you ask a high schooler. Yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure what it's like for high schoolers. I I think I would say it's probably shifted somewhat. I think people are less likely Mm -hmm. to bully someone like, oh, you're gay or you're fat or whatever. And now it's more like, right. More like, what are your politics? More like, what's your social media looking like? It's a lot more kind of what you do versus who you are, which definitely I don't know if that's better or worse or not, but it's just something that's different from how we grew up before where just existing was enough to be attacked, essentially. I agree. And even among adults, I think that bullying had, I don't know if we, we have, I guess if you want to say cancel culture, I don't think that's bullying in general, but I can see how it can kind of point fingers at people and kind of encourage mob mentalities in ways. So right. It's not ganging up on someone in a pool anymore, but it's more like kind of seeing one moment of a situation and deciding who's right and who's wrong and then kind of attacking from there right. or going from there. And it is hard. I mean, it is hard to like, especially when everybody has a certain opinion on something. Sometimes it's easy to just be totally swayed and it happens to me a lot, but it's like, this is a different, you know, this is a different level of that. And yeah. I feel like even at that age, there is no excuse. Even at that age, there is no excuse to just kind of go along with it because you can see clearly how much you're hurting sure. somebody. I will I will say there are certain things where the line is blurred. And I think that the idea was that this girl, Claudia, probably had an idea that the line was blurred here. And for some strange reason, Sarah should be punished because of what she looks like. It, it, I don't know. It's just really sad. I do hope that that's like I, I agree with Zoe. I hope that that era is over because it does seem like 
bullying someone, at least for what they look like, is a little bit more in the past. But then again, yeah. I wouldn't know. So maybe someone could uh, could tell us. I don't know. I mean, we could ask a high schooler. I mean, <laughs> we could. Are you guys still assholes? Are you bullying people? That's all I want to know. <laughs> are, you, are you in high school? Are you being bullied? Let us Reach know out. at terratakeoverpod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, that's not funny. If you're being bullied, it's not funny. I feel like... I was going to ask if you guys feel like you would be a Claudia in this situation where you're kind of like going along with what's obviously some shitty bullying. But Mm -hmm. I think it's worth pointing out that I've always felt like Crow was not. I feel like you're one of the only people in my life that's ever like stood up for me when people were trying to have a moment with me. And I thought that was so cute and Mm -hmm. so brave because I think a lot of people are more (laughs) likely to either just not say anything or to honestly join in, at least before and in high school. Yeah, no, Crow is a Valerie from Girl Interrupted. She's Valerie. (laughs) It's like... When you need her, it's like that TikTok that's going around right now. Oh, right. It's like, right. my best friend's my Valerie because she'll stand up for me every time. Period. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess it's just, I, I don't know. I have no idea because I think it was a lot that um, I, at my previous, the like Catholic school that I grew up in, um, it wasn't awful to the point where I was getting like beat up and shit really but like I wasn't a cool kid or anything like that and you know I always felt like I was like the awkward one I was like the person that would be getting asked out like as a joke you know stuff like that so um it's just kind of like as I got a little bit older and I did gain a little bit more confidence myself it was like well I mean why would I use that to like join a group of people that wouldn't have accepted me you know like a year prior or whatever I don't know so I guess I've always just been a professional asshole is what I'm trying to say (laughs) I think you've just always experienced that side and now you're like you just one of those people who decided not to perpetuate that cycle and you choose to do well I mean what's the point and I will say I've never been perfect you know when I was younger in junior high and stuff I'm sure that there are lots of situations in which I joined the crowd that I don't exactly remember you know maybe remember exactly because that was how many 20 years ago or whatever not 20 years ago junior high was what 10 10 15 years ago 15 yeah but I don't know. Moral of the story. Be nice. Be nice to people or you're going to end up bloody in the back of a van. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask, what did you guys think about the different ways of bullying that occurred in the movie? Like we see the girls, they kind of yell at Sarah. They call her piggy. They call her names. They throw the net on her, basically kind of almost kill her in a way. They could have easily. Yeah. Yeah. She she couldn't breathe under the water and she had a bloody nose by the end of it versus later when she's walking down the empty highway in a bikini, you have the guys who are literally pushing their car closer to her as she's running. They get out of the car and like pick her up and grab her ass. Like that made my stomach drop for me. That's like the, that was the most terrifying, uncomfortable scene. It was hard to watch again for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, the taunting was like extremely uncomfortable for me. I'm like, how much psychological damage do you need to do in order to get your fix? Like where is the fine line, you know, but also just why? Um, And then the way that everybody in the, I think the worst thing of all for me was like that everybody was filming it. Like why, you know, like why not just do this shit? Not to say that you should do that. It makes it any better, but why do you have to film it? Like why you're, she's already having a fucking terrible time, but when you're filming something to me, it's like you're creating it. Like you're making it last forever kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, and that's where the horror thing comes into play. It's like, right. Whenever they film it, it's like a trophy for them. Absolutely. Like if we're, yeah. 
a serial killer have a trophy for his victims it's it's definitely a trophy for sure absolutely absolutely it's like how i mean what are you gonna do watch it later that's fucking crazy exactly but then again you know like for what for what reason you know i don't know and especially i will agree the car of the like guys that pulled up that like made me feel so so uncomfortable because here she is you know completely by herself and then it's like a a group of dudes just like acting crazy and honestly like you say what you want say what you want but if you are grabbing a woman that doesn't want to be grabbed that's sexual assault like it doesn't matter if you're sexually attracted to her or not if you are grabbing a woman especially in a swimsuit that doesn't want to be grabbed that's sexual assault so yes what's more terrifying that which is terrifying or women who are supposed to protect each other and look out for each other completely turning against her especially somebody that knew her at one point in time it almost makes you wonder which is worse you know which is worse and i don't have the answer for that i really don't know which one would be more uncomfortable i can't even imagine like being close to somebody and then then them like turning against me that dramatically like that completely dramatically right and i do have to like add to that whenever you said because that's the mindset i kind of always had was we are all women, we should all stick together and, you know, be there for each other. But I kind of learned in all reality, that's not actually how it's ever going to be. Because there's just competition every single day, whether someone wants to be on our side or not. I mean, that's all self decision, you know, Well, I think it does depend on who you surround yourself with. I think it makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. And I think that there's a lot of times where we don't immediately know maybe even that someone sees you as competition. Cause there are lots mm-hmm. of times where I, I will admit that I have had pe- what I thought were groups of friends that really cared about me. And then, you know, when it came down to it, it was like, okay, this is like, these people are plotting my downfall kind of thing. But I think that it is possible to surround yourself with people that really do genuinely um, look out for you and don't see you as, I mean, you know, when you c- truly care about somebody, then you just feel excited about their efforts and you feel excited about the things that they accomplish it's not always perfect and sometimes you don't always know but I think it is possible to live a life in which you do have people that you can trust around you oh yeah for sure yeah and I think the movie also kind of speaks to how you might find allies or people that you relate to in unconventional places you know we were talking about how we were all a bit of misfits and kind of the awkward people and in this movie we see people who are supposed to be Sarah's peers and contemporaries all just kind of being psychopathic dickheads for the most part and the person that comes up and shows up shows out for her is this potential serial killer mobster dude who just understands hey she's different i'm different right let's just have each other's backs you know in our own ways i've always so sick (laughs) yeah it's kind of like it's crazy because you don't expect that these to be like you don't expect these to be the characters that you really like like you don't expect to really like the serial killer man that kills young girls you know (laughs) but it's kind of like in the end here we are we (laughs) like him because it's kind of like we like you said we do see a lot of Sarah and this guy and they have a lot in common and probably he went through a lot of the same things that she did growing up and probably still as an adult then that's why he felt so much uh sympathy for her yeah mm-hmm. moral of the story allies in unexpected places I love that yes Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you feel a little bit closer to all of us. We all feel a little bit closer to each other. If you didn't already check out the short film that we watched, definitely check it out. It is so, so good. It was really well done. And also they've got tons of other great short films on the Alter YouTube page. And I highly recommend everything that I've seen on there. I think that Alter also did the, um, it was 
the other side of the box or something like that. That's a really good short film too. I've seen that Mm -hmm. one a couple of times and so, so much more. Yeah. So that's all for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in next week. We are going to talk about living dolls that we would kill with hammers. So you definitely don't want to miss that until next time. Sleep with one eye open. Bye. 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 See you guys later. (laughs) Is there a story, film or topic you want us to discuss in an upcoming episode? Email your suggestions to terrortakeoverpod at gmail.com. Intro music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio.